Hey, this is Tom Jacobs from tdjacobs.com, and I wanted to do a, a little audio today uh, on a topic that's uh, near and dear to my heart. Uh, first off, I'll say I'm an evolutionary astrologer and also a channel and an energy worker, and I combine all those things in doing uh, sessions. Uh, you can check that out at tdjacobs.com. I want to talk about um, Rodrigo Duterte, who is the uh, president of the Philippines, um, who's been in office under a year. Uh, but as a, a local politician, a mayor of a city, he uh, kind of established a kind of routine, and now he's uh, brought that into a wider focus as the president. And uh, the reason I want to talk about this is that, well, I did a, an audio here on SoundCloud called Hating Intolerance, including a Donald Trump karmic profile. And uh, the reason I want to do this is that and the same motivation for that one. Let's put a human face on somebody who keeps behaving anti-human, who keeps behaving uh, in ways that many people fear but also abhor and judge and would never do and really would love to have stopped. And uh, I don't think Trump's going to win the U.S. presidency, but... You have an image in Duterte of what somebody who is uh, run by such intense fear can do when in office, when elected to public office in this, uh, in this, uh, you know, on this major stage in this country, in the Philippines. Um, there are two vibrations. One is fear. And that includes anger, jealousy, resentment, uh, blah, 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 all these different things that we feel as negative. And the other one is love or faith, which includes compassion, kindness, acceptance, generosity, support, blah, 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 all these things that we consider good. Now, they energetically feel good or bad. They feel healthy or unhealthy. We open or close in the face of different vibrations. And all things, all human motivations, all expressions, all feelings, all tones of voice can be sorted into one of the two categories. So that's why I say this guy run by fear. You can also see a lot of people being run by fear. And I just want to put a human face on, on this uh Frankly, this character who seems ridiculous and absurd, but in a different way uh, than Donald Trump. Um, let me give you his birth data, uh, Duterte. It's spelled D-U-T-E-R-T-E. -E. 28th of March, 1945. Uh, no birth time. I would encourage you not to drop a chart for 6 a.m. as some software will seduce you into doing but to make a chart with no time so there are no houses and the cusp of Aries is on the left. That's what I encourage you to do so your brain doesn't get tricked into associating any houses here. Oh, and uh, the place is uh, Masin, M like Mary, A-A, S like Sam, I-N, in the Philippines. When it comes down to it, it doesn't really matter that much about the place if we don't have a time. Um... So we want to do a little karmic analysis. I want to talk about emotional psychology and spiritual psychology in looking at somebody who uh, might be thought of as a monster, 
but we are challenged to have compassion for our inner monsters and the outer ones as well. So the story here, and so there's a lot of stuff to say about him, but the one thing that keeps catching my ear when I uh, read or listen to journalism that includes him or mentions him is this uh, vigilante approach, essentially, calling it law and order. He's like a law and order person, right? Just like Trump is. Um, and what he's done is inspired or perhaps orchestrated. He's done both. Let's just be frank. He's done both. Um, either the police or lone vigilantes or groups of vigilantes to kill criminals and drug dealers and drug users. So there is a spate, so many, that you can call it mass murder within the last year of people being killed by either vigilantes or by police, um, and it's a bad situation. It argue, arguably, it could be worse, but the fact that it's happening at all is a problem. And this guy is, uh, he denies responsibility, but he makes comments that make it apparent that he supports it. So I want to talk about his chart in, in terms of some of this. Um, this is my way of looking at something awful. This is, this is why I do any of the work I do. Looking at something awful in the collective or that affects the collective and not putting spin on it, but trying to reveal a higher truth so that you have a perspective on it so that you don't meet the people bringing hate with more hate. Remember that phrase from the other MP3, hating intolerance. I said something in it like, sure, I hate intolerance as much as the next guy. Okay, so um, to begin with, dude has the uh, south node in Capricorn. Typically when I do karmic analyses, and you can see this in the Soul's Journey trilogy, typically start with Pluto, but I'm going to start with the south node in Capricorn. And the south node indicates the kinds of conditioning environments that our souls set up for us as humans. So we tend to see the world through this lens because it's always been that way. We're born into it. That um, shadow and the vapors of it, the mist that, you know, the fog of it is in our root chakra, which is activated at birth, you know, emerging into a family system that pre-exists with its ideals its politics, its religious beliefs, its way of handling emotions and energy and money and everything else, and each other, uh, gender dynamics, its way of doing everything. What do we think about education? What do we think about this and that? So the South Node in Capricorn for Duterte says there's structure and or rigidity. Now, or uh, discipline, uh, authority, and he does have some... Uh, ancestors involved in politics, and his daughter is a mayor as well of uh, the city where they lived. Um, typically, people with the South and in Capricorn have been through hardship. Sometimes they have amazing work ethics because they've been through hardship and they've had to figure out how to survive. So ambition is another idea that comes with another possibility that often comes with a with a Capricorn South Node. P these people are sometimes uh, very hard workers, 
and they may see things in black and white terms because it's ruled by Saturn. It's about black and white. So one of the other things about uh, the uh, Capricorn South Node and Saturn energy in general is the insistence when it's active and healthy. Well, that's not true. When it's active, when it's doing stuff, it's trying to be productive and build a long-term strategy or create the future in a certain way that's desired. And one of its methods of doing that is the bell curve. So remember from your sociology or psychology textbook or whatever in high school or college, remember that image of the bell curve and how you know it's like a bell. It's big in the middle and it's small on the outsides. And if you're a very Uranium person, you know that it never works for you. If you're a very Saturnian person, you're trying to do that. You're trying to be it in some way. Uh, even if you're trying to up the stakes or upgrade what's happening within that bell curve, you're still interested in a curve. Because you know that outliers are not part of the fold. You know that people who don't follow the rules make it hard for everybody else. They make it hard for themselves. Remember, Cancer and Capricorn are the nurturing axes, or the nurturing signs, the nurturing axis. Cancer says, I care about you. Capricorn says, get your ass in the bell curve, because otherwise you're screwing yourself over. <laughs> okay. So um, that's a good sign. I made myself laugh. I'm actually laid up in bed for about a week now. My knee's messed up. <laughs> So this is nice to hear me laugh a little bit. Um, going stir-crazy. I have never spent this much time in a bedroom ever just going, okay. So I said, well, what can I do an MP3 on? Oh, great. I'll do an MP3 on somebody people hate and fear because he's loathsome. Let me put a divine face on this story. Okay. Um, I can sit up in bed long enough to do that. Okay. So Southland and Capricorn people seeing things in black and white actually want things to be better, but they may use rigid, disciplinarian, strict, stentorian, cruel approaches to do it. It is not that they're disconnected from humanity, from their humanity necessarily. And as we get into the story for this guy, I'll, you'll see more about his uh, energetic, psycho-spiritual, karmic makeup. Um, where he definitely has emotional and energetic sensitivity, but um, but he's a hardliner, he's hard-edged, authoritative, becomes authoritarian in some Capricorn Saturnian people. So that's so that's the basic. He sees the world in that black and white style. And I just ran across a quote. I was like reading all this stuff online, and then I ran across a a quote where uh, let me find it. Oh, yeah. So this is from the anti-drug campaign bit on uh, his Wikipedia page. And somebody... He has dismissed the UN's human rights concerns regard by dehumanizing drug users, stating in August of 2016, just three months ago, crime against humanity, question mark? In the first place, I'd like to be frank with you. Are they humans, question mark? What is your definition of a human being, question mark? So he's seeing things in black and white. The, the crime and drug problem helps him overlook that they're human. 
he doesn't determine that they're human. He doesn't define them as human. So that's a that's an, a really important thing important thing to look at. And we see this in the same thing with if we could get it in Vladimir Putin's head, and you know shit is always pouring out of Donald Trump's mouth that obviously indicates like if we could get inside you know the machinations of of you know Putin's Chiron and Capricorn mind, Chiron and Capricorn square square the sun and Libra. Um, we would get inside his head, but then obviously it's always pouring out of Trump's mouth. There's this thing about dehumanization, not seeing other people in that way. You know, not seeing other people as people. So that's the first uh, layer of detail here. The second layer of detail, we have um, uh, Vesta, the True Black Moon Lilith, the Asteroid Lilith, and Neptune square the nodes, and most of those are retrograde. Uh, not the true black moon, but the asteroid, Vesta, and Neptune are, are all retrograde. In Libra, so you see placements in Libra. This is one of my other soapboxes here. Don't assume if somebody has something in Cancer that they're nice. Don't assume if somebody has something in Virgo that their house is clean. <laughs> you know, don't assume if somebody has something in Libra that they're nice. Um, a square to the nodes says, I'm this is an unresolved issue and I'm trying to figure out the right way to do it, I may tend toward extremes. I'm trying to find balance, especially in Libra. I may swing wildly to different sides. Vesta is about devotion. Uh, Lilith, the true black moon Lilith, is about anger, rage, equality. The asteroid Lilith is about social equality. And Neptune is about truth and surrender. And all these things in Libra, the sign of getting approval or the sign of creating justice, it's square the nodes. So he's coming in with harsh tactics in need of learning to listen to people, to moderate things, to give others the benefit of the doubt. Everybody who has something in Libra, square the nodes. Oh my God, that's me. Yeah, you caught me, listener. Uh, has to really learn something important about uh, giving the benefit of the doubt. You know, letting the other person, you know, don't judge the other person based on behavior. Seek to understand. Seek to understand. Now, in some people with Libra's, you know, Libra stuff square the nodes, they've done it way too much and they need to start, you know, um, not listening to words but watching actions and kind of clean that up. But in some of the people, including Duterte, it's opening up to listen and not be such a strong man. You know, not, not be such a, uh, you know encouraging and promoting violence okay well that's also part of it see okay so the libra thing here's the libra thing when you have a karmic indicator in libra uh pluto south node south node ruler or in the seventh house right or connected to venus when you have a karmic indicator attached to this archetype this the libra inside of venus what you have is a karmic history of not having peace, but trying to create it. Because he's conditioned to see the world through a Capricorn lens, it's, you know, he might think of it as, as a tough love. Yeah, he wouldn't use that phrase. But he might think of it as, I'm hurting you for a good reason. I'm denying you so you become hardened and stronger. Right? That's like a Capricorn kind of thing. You are forged over time through challenge and difficulty and the sweat of your brow and the hard work and blah, 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 blah. Climbing mountains, moving mountains, whatever, all these you know, mountain symbology. Uh, <laughs> um, but when you have stuff in Libra, you're trying to get along with people, but you don't know how yet. 
You're trying to learn cooperation. That's the idea of needing to learn to listen, etc. Um, you know, Neptune square the nodes. What's true? What's true? How do I relate to the collective? You know, what higher? You know, what thing have I surrendered to? Am I surrendering to a rigidity of black and white thinking? Am I surrendering to listening to other people, recognizing them as just as important as everybody else, just as important as me? Neptune and Libra square the nodes is um, it's kind of a very seductive to to um, you know I mean it's square the Capricorn South node, you know so uh, it's seductive to not let humanity into your view. If it were square the Cancer thing, it might be way too much. Anyway, but blah, blah, blah. okay, uh, giving people too much of the benefit of the doubt and not having boundaries, as opposed to being so rigid and dogmatic with the Capricorn South Node that um, you know you can't see humanity. You can't even you know even see your own humanity. But then you realize, well, no, of course I'm human. So I'm just putting thoughts into his imaginary head, you know, real thoughts into his hypothetical self. Um, yeah, you can see I'm stir crazy. I'm like bed stir crazy. I'm like and there's one mosquito in here that, <laughs> okay, great, you got it, okay. So um, the need for more flexibility, the need to allow more humanity, more softness, that there's that need in there. The need to create justice based in truth, not rigid rules. Okay, that's a call that his uh, soul has him trying to learn. Um, at the same time, Sun in Aries with Eris, that dwarf planet, uh, that's been around in astrology for 2000, well, since 2005. Those are in Aries, also square the nodes. That sun is actually, uh, the sun Aries thing is exa pretty, pretty exactly opposing that Neptune as well. Um, so sun square the nodes says, I'm trying to figure out how to have a healthy ego. I overdo it or I underdo it. Do I trust my creativity? Do I give myself the right to have a voice? You know, sun issues. Aries. I have to fight, don't I? So the, the unresolved issue with Sun and Aries is owning confidence versus being a bully. He's a bully. Um, karmic issues with Sun. Trump also has Sun conjunct the North Node, right? So he has some messed up ideas about what it means to have an ego and how to do that, how to shine. And, and Duterte is in a slightly different position of he may go for it, and then it's too much, and then he steps back, and then it's not enough, and then he feels ashamed, and then he does it too much, and then he gets himself in trouble. And and especially in Aries, there's this thing about putting your foot in your mouth uh, because you speak without thinking. In, in his case, it's the sun. The, the the person running the meeting in his head is a is a, a defensive warrior with a chip on the shoulder. It's an Aries. It's an unhealthy Aries energy. So being reactive you know, coupled with the South Node and Capricorn, judgmental and reactive through the lens or because of the source of being judgmental. Okay, and the heiress part of this, uh, he is wrapped up in his whole persona, is uh, an unwillingness to be vulnerable. I mean, I'll, okay, I almost did a podcast called Winners, like an episode like this called Winners, which, include, which would include um, uh, Putin, Trump, Duterte, and uh, Glenn Beck. 
<laughs> I don't know if you know who he is. Uh, he's a conservative commentator who apparently everybody who is in touch with mainstream media knows about. And um, I was going to do this, this thing on the Chiron overcompensation. Why are these people such fucking jerks? And look at the Chiron overcompensation, right? Uh, so Duterte was going to be in there. I got in there. It's with his moon, as I'll talk about in a few minutes. But here we have the Eris thing, too. Eris also reveals vulnerability. Um, I push your buttons inadvertently. And especially in Aries, this thing about defensiveness and fighting and <clears throat> escalating tensions so that they become conflicts that can't help but erupt and then making people wrong that they've erupted. There's this whole like dramatic thing with Sun and Eris and Aries together. So he's got that square the nodes. So I'm vulnerable. How do I deal with the fact that you keep revealing it? This example I use for Eris all the time. Let's say that um, I'm having this problem with my partner, and I don't know what to do about it. And I know it'll be fine later, but it hurts a lot now. And I come to pick you up. We're going to go somewhere together. And you get in the car, and, and I stop thinking about it because we're talking now. But the whole day I've been bothered by it. It stings every time I think about it, and I really don't know what to do. And you get in the car, and all you can talk about how is how your partner or your spouse is the best person ever lived. He or she does this. This is what's great about him or her. You're so happy. Everything you say makes me wince. <laughs> Even if I hide it, what you're saying is pointing out to me that I have this vulnerability inside, that I don't know what to do with this thing. That's the inadvertent way it happens. The advertent way, the, the way it intentionally happens, is that you know that I have this vulnerability or this soft spot, and you use it against me. You use it to hurt me. Those are heiress situations. So his, his inner decision maker is wrapped up with the vulnerability of, I don't know what to do with anything, and being so reactive with the Aries thing, you know, defensive, blaming, making people wrong for things, that's the Aries, how his Aries is going to be expressed. Okay. And again, the squares of the nodes represent an unresolved issue. I left this out of the other squares when I was talking about it, but uh, the way I think of it is, uh, avoid the idea that it's a skipped step or a missed step. That's what uh, some evolutionary astrologers teach. If you're in any branch of evolutionary astrology, you're going to run across one of those two ideas at some point about squares of the nodes. And what I've found to be true is that it's more like, uh, and it's not something that you have to do to get to your north node. It's not like that. It's not like your evolution is on hold necessarily. It's distracting, to get caught up in stupid crap because you're making dumb choices, squares the nodes uh, idea. Um, but the idea is, let's say there are seven or eight core things that people should know about this archetype, that people should know about how to express this in order to be sane and happy and healthy. And let's say you're really good at four or five of them. And let's say that in a bunch of lives, you have relied upon those things and you've created habits which have basically generated beliefs which become karmas. So you will rely on those things even if they don't really work. You assume they work. So if you have a square to the nodes, say seven or eight things you need to know, you're really good at five of them. The key is to make new choices, to evaluate the bias and the assumption and the prejudice you have. This is always the right way to respond to this. And um, you know, and so for to evaluate that and to not do the knee-jerk reaction, which is the uh, karmic assumption and habit. So that's how you undo problems with 
planets and points square the nodes. So with this guy, oh, so so with the Libra squares the nodes, he's got to look at what the cost is, what the results is of not listening to people. You know, what the results are. And then with the Aries thing, um, how creating conflict doesn't get him the peace he would like to see, the, the, the order he would like to see. And um, people with Aries conjunct Sun, if they're not bullies, they may feel that they're automatically going to be bullied. Think about Aries people you know. Aries has been in Aries since late 1926 full-time. It edged in for a few weeks, you know, days and the weeks and the months, uh, the previous handful of years. But it's been in Aries full-time since, uh, I want to say, October of 1926. So most of the people alive on the planet who are under the age of 90... Uh, Everybody who has it, everybody who's under the age of 90 has it in Aries. And think about Aries people you know, it's worth looking up their charts uh, or looking at an ephemeris to see where this, you know, where the sun is and where Aries was. But they might be, they might tend to believe they should be on the defensive to avoid having to be too vulnerable. Aries and Chiron have that in common. All right, moving on. Uh, another step of the story here, uh, South Node Ruler tells me who the person shows up to be in many lives. Again, this is documented in the Soul's Journey trilogy of books if you want to learn how I do this. And also the course, the Astrology MP3 course on my site called Reading the Soul's Journey. Uh, you can check that out. But I encourage you to read the books and then check the course out to give you some more practice tips and tools. So a South Node ruler by sign. South Node's Capricorn. The ruler is Saturn. That is in Cancer, the sign opposite Capricorn. So we have a setup here, which is a black sheep setup, is what I call it. I don't like to be, you know, hard and fast about that, but there is, you know, about the extremity of feeling like a black sheep. But there is something about him that he feels is opposite the people he places he comes from. What I want to say about Duterte is this squares to the node stuff, this Capricorn South node, it's posturing to hide sensitivity, just like Trump, just like Putin. And I think just like Glenn Beck. Glenn Beck is trying to change his tune and people don't really believe him. He's trying to come out of being a complete and total intolerant bad name. And like I just heard an interview with uh, my favorite journalist, um, Bob Garfield on uh, NYC's podcast, uh, NYC, what is it? Uh, WNYC's podcast on the media. It's my favorite because I don't need to deal with the media. I can deal with this this analysis and, and meta conversation about what the media is doing and why and where it comes from and how to understand it. And uh, he did an interview with Glenn Beck about Glenn Beck changing his ways. And he played all these clips that reveal this scathing intolerance. And Glenn Beck was like, you know, a jerk. And <laughs> anyway, um, so, yeah, so posturing to to hide sensitivity posturing. Uh, South node ruler in Cancer says, I'm soft. But with him, coming from a Capricorn world, with Sun and in Aries square the nodes, he may have been bullied. He may have been abused. Actually, he was. Uh, recently, he admitted being sexually molested by a priest when he was a child. And I, I think he was a teenager because there was a discussion about a mention of then he left and did another high school, went to another high school. So as a teenager, let's say, uh, I think it's safe to assume as a teenager. Um, so softness 
when you have something in Aries square the nodes and when you have a Capricorn south node, softness brings in hardness. People come in and share with you energies that you might not want because the way that we've looked at soft and hard, okay, this is another soapbox, the way we've looked at soft and hard needs to be revisited. So when you are vulnerable, here's a, here's a, 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 a precept or a, pro a premise that I work with from these channel beings I work with. When you are soft and vulnerable, if that leaves you not internally solid and assertive, like be soft, but if you don't have the inner foundation to say yes please when you like something and no thank you when you don't like something, then the door is open for people to come in and bring you energies. And another way of looking at this is astrology's vacuum effect. I think I'm going to teach a class on this uh, soon, so keep your, your ears open for that. Um, if you don't do an energy in your chart, it will rush in because nature abhors a vacuum. We don't need astrology to know that, right? So he's soft... He's young, he's vulnerable, abuse comes in. There's a karmic reason for everything. There's a soul, you know, contract between souls for all these things. But I but I think it's fair to say that he's probably had a lot of experiences in life that have prevented him from being okay with being soft. South node rulers in cancer, he has a softness. I guarantee it. Okay. Um Cancerian stuff's also about connection to community and family. Um, and so there's going to be an emphasis on togetherness, and what that does is it's exclusionary. Can, you know, uh, middle of the road and low vibration Cancerian stuff are tribal and exclusionary. It takes a very, very committed person to evolve beyond tribal dynamics with a strong Cancerian signature especially a karmic signature like like uh, you know this, like some people have, to evolve into seeing all as one. It's just it's kind of a long story, but um, but but uh, that's that's how I see that. Um, yeah. Okay. So south node ruler there in Cancer, there's softness. Now it's north nodes in can in Cancer, so he's encouraged to grow into vulnerability, to relax, to be willing to give and receive energy from others, right, with the Libra squares to the nodes, to deal with anger issues and resentment and hate issues with the sun and Eris square the nodes, bitterness, resentment, bullying on both sides of the issue, you know, stuff. Um, so he's supposed to grow into a Cancerian thing, but realize that when the south node ruler is in the same sign, if not conjunct, in the same sign as the north node, then the people and places you come from can't validate who you know you are. So he already has certain Cancerian things, but he's got to validate them. He's got to um, not overlook them, not judge himself, not ignore it, just because the world he perceives he's living in doesn't allow it. So you Southland and Capricorn people can perceive the world is hard. And you might be surrounded by people who are rushing up to you, trying to get you to soften up. But you'll have the karmic conditioning that if you don't if you don't introduce an um, a mediator, right, in the form of your kind of higher wisdom, your grounded, sane self with an open heart and a clear head, um, 
if you don't introduce that, then your your habit is uh, the world is hard. Your your karmic presumption, the conditioning, will keep bubbling up, and that's the thing about all south nodes is that we keep seeing the world through this lens, even when others become exasperated because they don't know if they can tell us for the 305th time that that's not how the world is. You know, people, people get so frustrated with each other because we're, we get stuck on our south nodes because the pull to habit and the lure of conditioning can be so strong. That sun... Because it's um, it's not that far from the North Node, let me just say it's more than 10 degrees. It's 10 degrees and 20 minutes, so I might not count it as conjunct the North Node, or the, sorry, the Saturn. But it is square Sun Eris. It is square the Neptune, potentially the Moon. Uh, probably, odds are, it's square the Moon as well. So um, you know, he's kind of in this position of um, what's true. Can I afford to be who I am? I have to defend myself against your Aries problems and your uh, Aries backstabbing and trust issue problems. I have to defend myself against you needing too much from me. You know, Moon in... Uh, I mean, Moon in the noon chart is 052 Libra. So figure, if he was born... Uh, I might do this wrong, but if he was born, you know, at... 11-something and later a.m., 11 a.m. or later, the moon's in Libra. If he was born before that, in the wee, you know, in the wee morning, in the wee hours or in a, about sunrise or mid-morning, then the moon's in Virgo. But either way, it's conjunct that, moon, that, that Neptune. It's also conjunct Chiron, which I'm going to get into here. I keep promising that, but it's true, I will. It was one of the inspirations to get into this story in the first place. So he himself, South Node ruler, Saturn, is square by those those things as well. So he's getting pressure on different sides not to be soft. This guy wants to argue. This guy's trying to get us not to argue, but has to argue. And you're in the middle feeling that energy, feeling the Cancerian response, which is an emotional, heart-based response. And in many, 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 many people, that becomes defensiveness. That becomes closing the heart. That becomes putting up walls and putting up blocks. We, we can put up blocks for many, many reasons. But when you have something in the sign of cancer that is not getting validated, it is not uncommon to see that the person does not invest in that softness, that receptivity, and that nurturing and that self-care approach, that way of being that is in the body, in the heart, open, intuitive, relaxed, and trusting. Remember the image? Um of the crab, right, with the shell, living inside the shell, right, afraid of being hurt, defending against change, you know, defending against new influences. And this guy's got the sun in Aries square him, karmically. Powerful people who have something to prove or who are aggressive or violent or abusive or angry or domineering or something like that. They can also be honest and forthright and funny. They can be creative. They can be joyful. But you're not going to remember that karmically. You're going to remember when you know the priest raped you or whatever. Okay, so um, so that's the kind of basics of the nodes here. I, I will say a little bit about the Pluto and Leo just to, to round it out. But but Pluto is that empowerment journey the soul sets out for the human to undergo. The soul knows that true empowerment does not rest upon gaining status, money, or influence, or letters after your name, or trophy spouses, or 
you know, land so you can build a house and a big wall to keep the riffraff out. The soul knows that's what humans have tied power to. The soul knows that true power is absolute self-knowledge. You deal with your shadows and your shit. And then absolute self-acceptance. You own that and grow through integrating what looks like evil so you don't be evil, so you're not doing something negative. You own depression so you don't spew it everywhere. You own anger and rage because they're normal human things. You own jealousy and resentment. You own manipulation and lies and how much it hurts to be lied to. You own all those things because it's part of the human experience. It's part of what your soul has you here to experience, to learn to process energy while embodied, which means emotions while you're alive. I can't tell you how many dead people I have worked with <laughs> or how many uh, uh, living people who have brought to me uh, the stories of their dead people uh, and they, w- they want mediumship healing sessions and the dead person comes through and is like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. all that stuff I was wrong. All that stuff, yeah, I was I was totally wrong. Like, I was supposed to feel this and get rid of this and forgive that and you know, everything's cool. And the, kid, and, the, and the adult child of the dead parent is sitting there saying, I just think that you probably hate me because I didn't do the thing that you asked on your deathbed for me to do. And the parent's like, oh, forget it. Don't worry about it. Everything's fine. Hey, we're here together now. Isn't that great? And the people have a hard time letting something go, right? We're here to process emotion. Once we die, we learn. We see the other side. We learn the purpose of all our stuff. But while we're embodied, the soul is here to process emotion. Oh, yeah, so that's the Pluto thing. So, empowerment involves disempowerment. Feeling strong and then losing that feeling. Empowerment involves gaining material resources and and feeling awesome. Oh, I just had this windfall. Isn't it great? And the empowerment process involves the powerlessness of watching it leave you, watching it crumble. This is all part and parcel of every Plutonian process. Having the thing that makes you feel good and then losing it. Well, who am I if I don't have the thing that makes me feel good? Can I feel good about myself? Question mark. And so Pluto is the person's ups and downs, the most intense desires, the most intense repulsions and attractions, um, uh, the biggest fears, the deepest pain, regret, and sorrow and grief. Pluto's in Leo, so he has he needs to prove that he has the right to shine. And this. I want to say this is such a generation, uh, say 1937, 38, up to 1956, 57, 58, uh, because Pluto will go into a sign and then retro and then, you know, that kind of thing. So there's some fudge factor there on the dates uh, for, for all Pluto generations. Um, so the need to shine, the need to be an individual, the need to have a voice, to have an opinion. And some people with Pluto and Leo are frankly going to be timid because they've been conditioned to believe they don't have the right to speak up. They know they're creative, but they might not create. They know they have an opinion. They might not speak up about it. They might let other people put words in their mouths. They might not want to stir the boat, especially if stuff in Libra square the nodes. You probably don't want to fight. <laughs> um, but but, but they're, they need to express themselves. Some other people will overdo the self-expression and appear to be egotists. It's not even 50-50. By the way, it's a very, you know, it's a very small number of people who are overdoing it, as is there is a small number of people who are totally underdoing it. But you, if you're in that subgeneration, that roughly 20 years worth of births, you are learning how to have an ego, how to assert who you are, how to take up space, how to 
peacefully with self-trust and self-confidence that know that you have an opinion and that just because the shouting match begins doesn't mean you have to shout back. It's about confidence, the right to exist, the right to shine. So he's got that in Leo. So that's an under, I, I always, that's why I start with uh, the Pluto thing when I do these analyses typically because uh, it, it, it offers the underpinning of the entire life. What is his soul trying to do here? And that Pluto is retrograde. That's a critical detail. Technically speaking, from the Earth's perspective, when he was born, it appeared to be going backward. Just the way that two orbits line up from our visual perspective on this Earth, the, the orbits around the Sun. Happens for about five months every year. And But what it means karmically is, I have overdone this, or I have done this in a very robust way, but it wasn't my idea, or it wasn't authentic, it wasn't my desire. Like somebody else's agenda. So Pluto, retro Pluto and Leo in this guy, in Duterte's case is this overcompensation of the strong sense of self, being somewhat tyrannical to prove that he has the right to make these decisions. And so now he's in the highest office in the land, and um, I actually just read a note too that he he turned down from four different previous presidents, he turned down an appointment to be the Interior Secretary of the Philippines, or the Secretary of the Interior. Uh, and I'm figuring it was because he didn't want to be some secretary, he wanted to be the president, so he was gonna wait for the right time to run. I was just I just got that vibe, and there's like this um, King of the Hill kind of thing that some people with Pluto and Leo can have, especially when you have a strong Capricorn karma. And actually, Clinton, Hillary Clinton, and Donald Trump both have that. Uh, they each have Pluto and Leo. Trump's north node with the sun is in the 10th house, so he's striving to be in charge. Uh, uh, I use the Scorpio rising birth chart for Clinton because it's the only one that makes sense to me uh, after intuiting all the details of other rising charts that have recently been talked about. Um, so I consider her south node in Scorpio is in the first, near the ascendant, and I consider that the Mars, Pluto, Saturn that are in Leo square, the nodes are in the 10th. So, uh, using Placidus, uh, so uh, she's got that because she's got that unresolved issue of being in charge. Mars, Pluto, Saturn in the 10th house in Leo. You know. So, yeah, so he's trying to figure out the right way to do ego. And he's got two indicators in his chart, Sun and Aries square the nodes and Pluto retrograde in Leo. He's trying to figure out the right reason to feel good about himself. Years ago, I wrote a poem when I was kind of dealing with some Sun issues and it was kind of a joke, and, and it's reasons to feel good about me. And uh, no, no, it's not a poem, it's like a joke, right? And the idea is like, well, I've never done this to anybody, and it's these terrible things. Well, I've never done that to anybody. And it's just this list of things that I, destructive, horrible, violent things I've never done to people. And it's kind of a joke. Um, reasons to feel good about me. I'm working on, I'm working hard on it. This is when I lived in LA, and I was surrounded by new agey self-help stuff, and I had to write it. Um, and so he's trying to figure out the right way to feel good about himself, you know, the right reason to give himself permission to have an ego and to shine. And a lot of people with Pluto retrograde and Leo, okay, a lot of people, let's start in a more broad way, more broad place. A lot of people with Pluto and Leo have multi-life issues about feeling ignored and overlooked. I mean, being ignored and overlooked and how awful that feels.
That's the wound. I don't care what you think. Uh, who cares about your, your painting? Fuck your painting. Or we have stuff to do. We don't have time to indulge in your egoic fantasies. Like, we have stuff to do here. This, everything isn't about you. They'll get told a lot. Everything isn't about you. Um, the people with Pluto retrograde in Leo are starting from a place of, I have certain karmic assumptions about what it should look like. I'm, in, I'm, I'm replaying somebody else's model. So this guy's going to be very aware of other people's ego problems and perhaps elevate them to the status of a goal. He probably admires... Wait, no, I read something about... Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, um... <laughs> I have to go back to the Wikipedia page. The, the former president, uh, Marcos, he uh, had him buried in... He had or proposed buried in a military cemetery, which is where somebody who's considered a hero or in good service would go. And Marcos's two-decade reign involved some torture and some murder. So people were like really, really, really upset about this, you know. And and uh, you know he was a, a president, he was a politician as well as a soldier was the justification justification from Duterte. So it's like again, it's like not tapping into the uh, humanity of a situation and the vibration of something, but um, being black and white about it. So condoning essentially. Um, certain kinds of behaviors. Okay, and that's the whole thing with the bromance, the assumption of a bromance between uh, uh, Putin and uh, and Trump. You, you, I know you guys are sick of hearing me say Trump and Putin. I know you're tired of it, and, and pretty soon you won't have to hear me say Trump that much as far as current events go, but I will constantly refer to him when I'm talking about egos that are out of control as an example for us of how not to do it, but also let's pay attention to the kinds of psycho-spiritual, emotional, uh, physical, painful things that happen that create ego monsters. Because it's within you too. That capacity is within you too. You can be selfish. You can be bigoted. You can be a racist. You can say terrible things about people. Duterte called Obama a son of a bitch. And he does all these things all the time. This posturing. You could do this too. You could perceive that you have something to prove. Okay. Okay, wait, I gotta go back to the chart. What's this Wikipedia stuff? Okay. <laughs> okay. So, um, yeah, so there's a little story there. Uh, also, Pluto and Leo is square, retro, Venus, and Taurus. So there's also a thing about trust issues and being able to count on people. Um, so he's got that going for him, too. And, and the square from Venus to Pluto says that, at least in some lives... There's going, I said trust issues, but there's going to be some betrayal. And there's going to be somebody who says, I'm with you, I support you, but then doesn't. Or somebody who lies to you. Or somebody who spreads a rumor. Or somebody who vanishes. Somebody who says, you know, I actually don't approve of you. I don't like you. I can't take your egomania. Something like that. Or, or telling you you're selfish. Reflecting to you... Think about you. If you have Pluto and Leo and you have anything square it, realize that people are going to come to you and tell you you're selfish, you're self-involved, you're solipsistic, you're, you're a narcissist is what people will tell you a lot. Uh, even if you're not being it, <laughs> because you're emanating karmic vapors 
of going through various processes. And we've all been through all possible expressions in a bunch of lives. Have you ever met somebody who's pigeonholed you within five minutes of meeting you and it's completely unfair and nothing you say matters? That's the residue of you. That's the you giving off karmic vapors. <laughs> okay. Somebody's reading it. So they might have been there in a 1420s uh, Sahara Desert. Uh, they might have, you know, they might have been there in like 4000 BCE China to to watch you be a fraud or an egotist or a narcissist or whatever. But now they're kind of showing up now to to, to tell you this to you because you're giving off the vapors. I'm trying to figure out the right way to have a healthy ego. Can you please give me some reflection on how to have a healthy ego? Question mark. Okay, so that's the Pluto thing. Trust issues. Um, I want to talk about the Chiron thing uh, for a couple of reasons. One is that it is the finger of a yod between Mars and Pisces sextile, uh, Venus and Taurus. Uh, it's the finger of a yod, but also it's um, conjunct the Moon. No matter what time of the day he was born, it's conjunct the moon. The difference is, again, before 11-something a.m., it's in Virgo. After that, it's in Libra. Um, I'm not going to make a guess on which sign the moon is, you know, what part of the day he was born in. I don't really really do that. The fact that Chiron is with moon and Neptune, my God, here's another uh, crazy, energetically sensitive, you know, crazy strong, I care about what you think of me person like Trump and Putin. I'm crazy energetically sensitive. Okay. Uh, but so I have to hide it from you. I have to put up my best, you know, uh, silverback puff up, you know, puff my chest out, posturing and pounding it. So you get the message, don't don't mess with me. I, I'm a force to be reckoned with because I'm overcompensating for my vulnerability. Oh, geez. Okay, Chiron the last degree of Virgo and retrograde. Now, Chiron is the energy antenna within you. It's the energetic sensitizer. Uh, and it's not the broad satellite dish of energetic sensitivity that is Neptune, but here he has them together. It's not the simply my heart sensitivity, Moon, though he has them together. It's all wrapped up. But it's the pinpointed thing about feeling rejectable, feeling not worthy, feeling that if you do this thing about yourself, you're not going to be loved. It's with Moon and Neptune, if he feels. Like, I wonder if this guy closes the door and says something like, uh, I'm going to make some more plans for killing drug dealers. And then he goes behind the door and uh, puts in on a, a fantastic headset and puts it on and listens to uh, Puccini operas. <laughs> the image is like the, the the need for beauty and music and art and creativity and the divine inspiration of creative pursuit. That's what he needs. That's what I'm sure if he has if he does that, I'm sure he hides it. I'm sure if he has taste in beautiful things, I'm sure he hides it because it's not what the 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 Aries Sun with Aries square than Capricorn South no tough guy would do. I don't know anything about his personal life. I just have this imagination, though, because the, these tough guys are masking sensitivity and vulnerability. As I keep doing these podcasts, you're going to be like, because uh, I, I think I'm going to do one on the, the thing called winners, <laughs> just covering the Chiron puff-up thing about those people I mentioned earlier. You're going to be like, the reason why Tom keeps talking about these uh, tyrannical figures is because he has that inside him. And I will say, yes. Yes, it is. But I refrain from being a, vo a bully, 
because I don't want to hurt people. And I can see in their eyes how hurting them affects them. How teasing them hurts them sometimes. And I only tease people I love. Like, basically in my life right now, I tease Jillian and my friend Oliver here in Tucson. I don't tease other people. Because I have no reason to use something against you or to try to hurt you. I only am going to tease you if I love you. So therefore, I drew bullies. Which I would never want to be. But I know in some other life, I'm probably doing it. I'm probably a strong-armed person in another life. So you can just check that off your list. No need to email me and say, Tom, I think what we... You know, tippy tippy tap 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 keyboard. Tom, I think what we have here is a case of you know you've been bedridden for a week and now um, you are having these reflective moments uh, yielded from your personal tragedy here. You know your third house moon can't walk around. Your Mars in the first is sitting in bed for a week. Uh, it's like an effort to sit up and to go pee. And so you're having this great moment of beautiful self-reflection. I just want to point this out to you. You have this time to meditate on these themes. Blah blah blah. You don't have to do that. Okay. So Chiron in Virgo, uh, you know, he also has Jupiter and Pallas in Virgo, and all three are retrograde. And the Virgo, <laughs> just seamlessly drop back into the analysis, uh, Jupiter in Virgo, you know, anything in Virgo, say it this way, is about making something better. Uh, Pallas is about fighting for something. Jupiter is about belief and taking risks and having faith. And Chiron's about feeling wounded. So all these things wrapped up together in Virgo, I believe he really does want to make things better, but he can't afford to be nice because he sees nice as weak. Just like Trump, just like Putin, just like Glenn Beck. They're all tyrants. They're all fascists, actually. They're all like hard-edged, strong-arm, you know, fascists. Okay. I mean, there's not even a question. Look at what they do. They're obnoxious people. Okay. But, again, let's have a human, compassionate view on them. It's all inspired by pain. So let's have heart... Okay, okay, that's good. You got the message. Um, so the Chiron thing with the moon, feeling deeply, emotionally triggerable. You know, whether that moon's in Virgo or Libra, it's triggerable by specific people's problems or, or people's specific issues somebody's specific grief or anger or feeling of helplessness. He's going to be triggered by that. But the moon conjunct Neptune says the same thing, but as a global phenomenon. He is affected by global things as well. So people who have this kind of energetic sensitivity sometimes become um, puddles on the floor and sometimes become hardened and sometimes judge themselves for exploring either or both, sometimes go back and forth and hate themselves for it, looking for the right way to be, to exist. And a lot of that has to do with conditioning that all of us have received, many, most of us have received, that says that you are your brain, identify with your brain, your brain is your ego, your brain is your friend, and the heart and the body are these incidental vehicles and tools for your brain to achieve mastery of blah, 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 or accumulation of goods, or massing respect or fear or admiration, whatever. Because the, the ego thing about the brain, we've bought into. We teach it to each other. We, we cycle through it. We buy into it. 
and we can't help that we're energetically sensitive. Every single one of you has Moon in your chart and Chiron and Neptune. Every single one of you has Libra somewhere. You may have a square to the nodes that says, I'm, I'm kind of figuring, trying to figure out how to do this thing right. I don't know the right way to do it. You have, you have, you know, something in Cancer, maybe. You know, you have a Pluto that says, I'm really afraid of certain things, and I, and I don't know how to face those fears without feeling like a complete moron, loser, idiot, jerk. So, you know, I guess I'm going to wrap this up by saying that I, I do believe Duterte, I mean, he's a human like we all are. I do believe he wants things to be better. I think his problem is he's using the Capricorn Aries confusing tactics to get things done. He's not behaving as if he's human. Well, he's narrowed his definition of human. I mean, this is ironic in a certain way, thinking of Chiron Moon together, because one of his uh, ancestors, I believe a grandparent, was Chinese. And he was teased as a kid for his multi-ethnic reality. He was picked on as a kid because of his ancestry. So now he's not doing it about ancestry, but he's dehumanizing. He's making into the other criminals and drug dealers and drug users. I think he's actually targeted drug user, drug dealers, but users keep getting killed too. So anyway, that's just a little, you know, in this series of looking at politicians' charts and looking at... Uh, you know, things people do to each other and how can we have compassion for cruel, intolerant, fascistic tyrants who um, are or would be killing people they don't like and think are inhuman. There's uh, the end of this little dispatch. Thanks for your time and energy and attention, etc. Uh, to read more about my work and what I'm up to, as well as to see 16 books and a treasure trove of channeled and astrology audio, go to tdjacobs.com and I will catch up with you soon. <laughs>